we got to work on our banter, man. <laughs> we got to work on our banter. It leaves much to be desired. Yeah, I know. I mean, we had two takes of banter that failed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when when I can't even finish a sentence, I know that there's trouble. But I, I'm ready now. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I got okay. a lot to talk about tonight. Yeah, me too. Hello, I'm Derek. And I'm Peter. And this is The Mog. In this podcast, one of us suggests a beloved movie from our childhood for the other to watch. And then we talk about it. What made us laugh, what made us cry, and whether we should blame our parents or take it like men. Or women, either way. That's sexist. Is it? Well, I guess we are men taking it like men. Yeah. But if we were men taking it like women... It, how I does never that asked make? you. How do you identify, Peter? As Peter, I guess. <laughs> Just Peter. Just Peter, yeah. Like, like Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> Except with a less distinctive name. We have one of my films this week. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're talking about films. And I'm excited. It's The Court Jester. I really enjoyed this. Oh, that's good. Because I also like to call it The Court Jester. Enough with the whistling, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> so much whistling. Uh, so much whistling. Yeah. There, there, there's also a title about many men in tights, but that's way <laughs> too much tights. But, um, yeah. Um, right, so this film uh, is very dear to me because uh, it's 1955. So my dad was a big fan and I think he watched it with his mum, my grandma. And when she came here, I think we all watched it together. So it was like, yeah, it's like, it's got a lot of history in my family. My dad, he likes comedies. Um, my mum's into thriller and horror and dark stuff. And my dad oh, really? likes comedies. Yeah, I didn't know your mum was into that type of stuff. Yeah. Because you're not really a horror buff, are you? Well, because of her. Because I got to watch all these when I was a kid. Oh, wow. Largely, largely scarring. That's a pretty big dichotomy. It's just like, oh, I'll take your, his gore and blood and guts in the court jester. <laughs> he likes to laugh, my dad. So these uh, Danny Kay films used to be on Channel 7. You never ran into that? I actually, I believe I, when I was young, I did see bits and pieces of this film. Yeah. And um, I actually do have a memory of this, but it's mainly when I was staying with my parents and I was post uh, school and it was on one of the uh, cable channels oh okay cool yeah i didn't realize it until i was maybe a quarter of the way through maybe quarter of the way through, yeah, yeah fifth of the way through and hans christian anderson you never saw that sort of stuff uh, i know the hans christian anderson one but i just can't remember what's in it yeah but there was a lot for me to like in this and i think the kid in me would have loved it because it has uh, a lot of the stuff that I like in it. Yeah, I was really drawn to like the fantasy and the medieval stuff in this. Sword fighting. Sword fighting, uh. jousting, and um, just also the humor. Like I still remember the humor. It's a harmless sort of comedy and it sort of like gets smart or like Mel Brooks. It was very you know? slapstick. <laughs> slapstick, but also lots yeah. of wordplay and... Um, and I, we used to watch Murder, She Wrote with my mum as well, because she's into murders. Um, but Angela Lansbury is the, yeah, the princess. Right. Yeah, Actually, her and um, Glynis John. Glynis, yeah. Both of them were in bed knobs and broomsticks, which is one oh. of a favourite of mine. Oh, that's good, because um, I haven't seen that. Oh, that's, yeah, that, that was really entertaining for me when I was young. This will have to be in the list. Yeah, I don't think it had Danny Kaye in it, though. <laughs> and Actually, I think this I would also... have remembered. <laughs> yeah. Um, this also had, like, another memory with my brother where we were sword fighting and he would he would go, la, 
la la what <laughs> there's, there's a scene where he's sort of sword fighting and he's going la after each swipe <laughs> and um he, he still uses that line i think oh really <laughs> With his kids yeah. oh yeah we do carry we do carry these little phrases with us don't we <laughs> well this was the origin of get it got it good yeah was it because yeah i think I it s- was wow that's great I, s- I still laugh at some of these jokes yeah some of the jokes in this are pretty funny there there's a particular piece i, I was laughing out loud <laughs> oh, really yeah uh, that's good like you know there's there's some awkward stuff in it there's some clever stuff in it too but I guess I should do the synopsis, hey? Okay. So, uh, tell me if this sounds like I'm reading. Now, let me think. It's, it was about the throne of the rightful king of England. Um, there's a, the small bay with the purple pimpernel birthmark. And I think he's been usurped by the evil King Roderick. Only the <laughs> black fox can restore the true king to the throne. And all he needs is the king's key to a secret tunnel. And while he's trying to steal it, someone has to change the king's diapers. That never happened in the movie. The task <laughs> falls to Hawkins, the gentlest member of the Fox's band. The Fox's lieutenant, Maid Jean, guards Hawkins and the babe while they travel. But when they meet the king's new jester on the road, they decide to initiate a daring plan for Hawkins to replace him, become an intimate at the court, and steal the key. So, humble Hawkins becomes... Giacomo, uh, the king's jester of jester and jester to the king. But things begin to get zany, zany, when the king's daughter falls for Giacomo, the king falls for Jean. People randomly sing what are supposed to be recognition codes and a witch with very effective spells and poison pellets begins to interfere. And that's it. Oh, normally the IMDb synopsis are much better than that. Yeah. <laughs> this one is zany. It used Zany, not only that, but it also, uh, firstly, she's not a lieutenant, she's a captain. Oh, true. Yep, so that's... Uh, she's that's also a, a maid, maid Jean. Yeah, she's a maid. She's also a wench as well. <laughs> wench. There are so many references to the wenches in this. Oh, man, I loved it so much. Oh, so- we were talking about kids' films and like how they need that little bit of adult humor to keep the, the adults entertained, and yeah. I think this had it. Yeah, it, it had, it had, there weren't any sort of references that you get these days, you know, like euphemisms, but they certainly used, you know, words like wenches. And th- that was pretty funny where, um, how do you put it? They had to have a feast and a feast needs wenches. And uh, when you're a bit sparse on wenches, you send soldiers out to uh, just procure some. Man, I love the king in this. <laughs> yeah per- what he was it some cool percival lines. percy oh i wasn't sure of his name but like straight from the beginning he he um says to grisilda the handmaiden to the princess take the witch out and burn her <laughs> yeah <that's right. laughs> just like the, within the first five minutes yeah that's true i i i did get a note of that they started this film with this... It's probably the only thing that really I didn't like too much was the first song uh, where he's just standing in the credits singing yeah. the song that I... It just didn't seem to have anything to do with anything. Yeah, and I think after... If you, like, spend a lot of time with this, which I have, and re-watch it, it sort of... It ties things together because that's the song they use at the end. Oh, and right. Yeah. it actually brings back memories almost instantly for me. Oh, <laughs> like really? When that song hits up, yeah, Life Could Not Better Be. That was actually and... written by his wife. Oh, wow. Okay. Sylvia Because there's some nice little, 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 uh, little humor 
Um, they're talking about the authenticity that they they tried to research of the medieval times, and once the dust had cleared, half the cast had a beard, <laughs> <laughs> things like that. But it's such a pure hit of nostalgia, and I think we're dealing with drugs here because, um, yeah, once you watch these films, it just like hits you straight at the brain, digging up all these old movies, man. Yeah, it does activate parts of the brain that um, have atrophied, but uh, particularly ones that we haven't watched for a while. Yeah, I haven't seen this in decades. There's some pretty funny stuff in this, both funny from a comedic perspective, but also there's some just leaps of logic. Like at the start, the king and his escorts are just riding along. There's about, I don't know, 20 of them. 20 soldiers and this one uh guy in a tree shoots an arrow kills one of the guys they all stop (laughs) go to the guy have a look it's got a note on it they read (laughs) the note (laughs) and then they flee (laughs) (laughs) back to the castle back to the castle (laughs) there's like one guy in a tree he was screwed (laughs) but uh yeah that uh, I, i actually found that pretty funny yeah, there's like weird little things in this, like where Ravenhurst gets introduced and he has an argument with one of the, the bannermen and they just scream at each other, you shall die for this. And one of us will and they sword fight and then he <laughs> kicks the sword back to him and everything's fine. Yeah. I was just thinking, man, what if we could just all carry swords around? Wouldn't it be great? Yeah. <laughs> blunt swords, let off steam. Use defense. Yeah, I did. I did. Did any of that appeal to you saying this stuff? Oh, sword hell yeah. Fighting? Uh, absolutely yeah yeah (laughs) no the 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 sword fighting at the end of this um is quite just entertaining to watch and there's a lot of there's a lot of nice uh sword play going on well apparently he was a professional fencer ravenhurst's actor i don't know his name oh basil rathbone yeah he was he he was actually my favorite sherlock holmes when i was growing up oh he was holmes yeah he was really good he's british right yeah you can uh yeah you can see he does uh, he he does do fences. Some of the stances that he takes are very fencing. It's really well sort of choreographed. choreographed yeah. yeah, I like the bit where he's just drinking a jug and uh, pours a jug and drinks. <laughs> the synopsis really is hard to give this justice. You know, there's um oh that was a bit of a nice burp there. There's so much mistaken identity in this around the one person so this guy danny k is the court jester but he's not the court jester at first he's what is he he's he's herbert uh hubert um hawkins and hawkins that's right really he was i think he was in the carnival so he's an entertainer but like he gets sort of conscripted by the the rebels yeah the the black fox and i do yeah and that's how he gets introduced and you think he's the black fox to start with yeah uh because he's singing about being the black fox which i found pretty funny because he was like performing in front of all his men (laughs) but there's some really funny there was some really good stuff in that song the midgets i still laugh the midgets yeah sorry sorry the dwarves dwarves little people yeah, look, I don't know what the correct terminology is, but I don't think midget is the correct terminology. I'm sorry for that. I think it's bad. You should apologize. I am sorry. Did you get that? The little people. You got it? I got it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Good. Um, the uh, I'm going to have to delete that. It's <laughs> <laughs> all good. The, but they um, use uh, gadzooks three of me oh i love that i love that where he was just standing there and he moves his cloak down there's two and then suddenly there's three 
that was really good. <laughs> that was done really well. Yeah. yeah, and it's got that perfect sort of 50s Hollywood cinematography. It's all shot on yeah. sound stages and like perfect lighting. The costumes are really colorful. And the music is so 1950s. Yeah. Like when it first starts off and the music soars, yeah. you know, full orchestra blaring the same introductory music that they have in pretty much every 1950s film yeah yeah sort of like it's got that singing in the rain-esque wizard of oz-esque sort of feel you know wizard of, yeah it's just like <laughs> yeah. everything-esque um so obviously this is musical comedy there's slapstick mistaken identity all of that kind of stuff is going on yeah but he's keen on the captain captain yeah he's all captain gene her name was Jean. It was yeah. That's I right. had a massive crush on her when I was a kid. I can understand <laughs> that seriously, and she still <laughs> holds up to it. She does. Yeah. She does. And so they're off on the road together, sort of. They're off on a secret mission to protect the child, the king. Yeah, the future who king. Who is a baby with a pimpernel on its bottom. I had to look up what a pimpernel was. It's a flower. Yeah. <laughs> Well, they show it to you enough for you to pick that up. Yeah, I still didn't know. Like, it was just a funny word to me as a kid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I find it, I found it a bit disturbing how often this guy was flashing the child's buttocks. Yeah, well, it was mind. meant to be comedic because he's got the serious face and, you know. And, and everyone's fla- bowing. Your majesty. <laughs> Your majesty. And, and he quickly he flashes the, the bottom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember that too. So they they uh they leave with the child in a wine cart and he plays an old man and uh and as some... soon as he started coughing it all came back like you know the ridiculous coughing where he where he what's can't... that what's that <laughs> what's that and he's just hey, coughing and can't what? talk what and he's like she's she's meant to be mute and so she um she signs it back and then goes what took so long stutters oh yeah that's right <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> It was very Marx Brothers, actually. Marx Brothers, yeah. Yeah, that that humor was very Marx Brothers. Sort of vaudeville type stuff. Mm. But yeah, and then they go into this sort of cabin and there's Behind the Raindrop song and that's where they introduce the sort of love story between him and Gene. And I guess I'm a massive romantic. And upon re-watching this, it made me realize that it's probably because I was brought up on movies like this. Yeah, I'm pretty much the same. That type of stuff was, uh, yeah, it was good. It was done sort of in a humorous kind of way, but it was also very overt at the same time. As soon as it's like, do you like me? Yes, I like you. And then they're pretty much just kissing straight <laughs> open. <laughs> Let's get married. <laughs> but then it's sort of back to the 50s and it goes, what's a little girl like you have such a big responsibility? And <laughs> it's just re- really sexist. Yeah. And he's talking about her dad and oh, that's she's right. trying to explain the background and he goes, oh, he does beautiful work and he's not even listening. Yeah. Well, what was I wrote that down as basically, um, uh, my father made me everything I am. And he, she said, he says he does beautiful work. Yeah. <laughs> so is he. And, uh, and then she describes all the things that he trained her to do. And, uh, yeah. And she, uh, she goes through all that and says, I think you really wanted a boy. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, and while he's mooning everyone with the child, he goes, this is better done by a woman. Yeah, so it's uh, definitely of that era. Um, yeah. Yeah, some of that stuff wouldn't fly today. Something I have to say, I am a woman and I do have feelings. <laughs> and the king, you know, he was gone. 
Oh. In the next scene, I think, bring the Ferris wenches in the land. <laughs> yeah, <that was laughs> and shortly hilarious. afterward, there's a cart full of women. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and they're just abducted women. Oh, but before they part ways, the Giacomo comes in out of the rain uh, as a jester and he basically tells him his story and they knock him out and he pretends to be Giacomo. That's where the plot thickens. Yeah. And suddenly he's given ultimate responsibility for ensuring that everything goes to plan. I remember this film as like always having so many instructions. It's always so confusing. Oh my God. Oh my God. There's so many things that are just going backwards and forwards in this. Plans and foiled plans. Oh, like, yeah. I'll whistle this and you'll whistle that. And then they try to do oh my it. Gosh. You know, th- there's one character in this that I felt really sorry for. Which was the guy who he's supposed to meet when he gets into the castle. The inside man. Yeah, the inside yeah. man. And he barely says anything. <laughs> but he's whistling. But I just feel so bad for him <laughs> because he's just trying to he's just trying to follow the plot, you know, and no one else is. Because, yeah, uh, Danny Kaye misinterprets and thinks that Ravenhurst is the inside man. Yeah. Um, Which is where the get it got a good start. Get it got a good. Oh, saying. it just keeps going with that. <laughs> it was good the first time. Actually, yeah, it was good the first time. Not the twentieth. No. But um, but I yeah, I felt really sorry for that guy. And then I then you find out much later he gets captured, and they just mention in passing that he died, got killed, and he, they tortured him. <laughs> they tortured him to death. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just mentioned in passing. It's just a small thing. Most kids would miss it. But, um, and he was the most sensible out of all of them. Like, he didn't want to give the baby right. to Giacomo. <laughs> and he, he let the bird free to notify the black fox, you know, that was his last act. And he knew, like, that the the witch had put, us, put him under hypnosis, yeah. but no one listened to him. He was basically the Game of Thrones character. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so he the, so he passes off as uh, Jess get in the castle, and she's supposed to save the child. But on the way, um, she gets accosted by a cart full of wenches and soldiers who um, procure her to add to their resources. Yeah. It's really, just yeah, pretty interesting. <laughs> um, but um, I liked when they. Griselda puts him in that spell oh, that's to awesome. make love to the princess. Yeah. And he completely changes character into this guy. He's got the best lines. He goes, he never walks when he can leap and he jumps on the bed. <laughs> <laughs> Discretion is for fools and simpletons. <laughs> Caution is for cockatoos. <laughs> and there's like a cockatoo in the room. <laughs> Begging your pardon. That was great. Um, and she's describing what he should be. So he's, his expressions are constantly changing to match what she's describing. Yeah. And eventually he goes off to uh, to woo the princess. And the princess is, she's like part suicidal, part sadistic. Because she's constantly threatening her Griselda. Griselda with being killed. And when she's not doing that and she's being given orders by her dad, she's, she's threatening to kill herself. To throw herself off the highest turret. That's right. She really wanted to dive off the tower. <laughs> yeah. But it's also stacking up at this point. So Ravenhurst wants him to assassinate the Bannerman. The princess wants to escape with her. And then there's the baby as well. Yeah. So it's and and Giacomo actually is supposed to be an assassin as well, which no one knows about except for Ravenhurst. Ravenhurst. And uh, he literally has doesn't take in any of it. The jester Hawkins gets told by Basil what he wants him to do, and he's just ignoring him the whole time and just going on about how fantastic he is because he's been hypnotized into being this super confident dude. Yeah, 
Well, it's sort of that reminded me a lot of um, like Seinfeld, where they try and get these three storylines to match up, and that sort of that reminded me a bit of that. They pulled that off well, I thought. They did. They put a lot of balls in the air, but they managed to juggle them pretty well. And it all lands where he's the jester in the court, and he's thrusted the baby, and he's got the the handkerchief of the princess, and Ravenhurst is looking over his shoulder, and he's. Ravenhurst wants him to kill these three nobles and Griselda does it for him without realizing that she's helping him because she's just trying to avert another plot. And um, so while he's entertaining, they drop dead. <laughs> and uh, then the party and continues. He's, he's got a nice line in where he's <laughs> um, the jester and he's actually performing for the king. A jester's chief employment is to kill himself for your enjoyment. <laughs> <laughs> And then he does a Spanish thing where he's a bullfighter and uh, yells yeah, out to Julio. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. So ridiculous. Yeah. There's so many little things in this that uh, some of them miss the mic, but some of them are pretty funny. Um, the bit where he gets knighted and they speed everything oh, up. Oh yeah. So it starts off slow and serious and they're all just saying, you, verily you. <laughs> yeah. And then it speeds up to like fast gag and they actually reverse and for, you know. Oh, they do. Oh all my gosh. Stuff, they yeah. pushed that too far. They did. They, they, they reversed it about six times. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, the, the crux of it comes down to he has to manage to survive uh, the daughter wanting to marry him. So he has to get out of that. The king wants him to die because he doesn't want him to marry his daughter. Uh, he wants him to marry this guy called Griswold, who is a uh, another knight who's um, this big impenetrable dude. Yeah. And uh, he has to also save the child and um, help break into the castle for all of Black Fox's men. And probably my favorite scene is when firstly he's forced to become a knight. So they give him three challenges that all knights have to do. And they basically do it for him. He's supposed to scale a wall and they just chuck him over a wall. Uh, He's supposed to battle a fierce boar, boar, which turns out to be a piglet. (laughs) And um, he's supposed to shoot down an eagle in flight. And before he's even drawn the bow, the eagle drops from the, to the ground. Yeah. And uh, once he gets knighted, he has to fight in a tourney because Griswold says, Oh, you're a knight now. I challenge you to death by combat for the princess's hand. And um, this is where the the most memorable scene is, which is the um, the pellet with the poisons and the vessel with the pestle. Wow, you got a first go. The chalice, chalice with the palace. from the palace is the brew that is true. Wow, you say it well. And there's also the flagon with the dragon. Well, the flagon with the dragon <laughs> has the pellet with the poison, and and uh, the vessel with the pestle has the brew that is true. After the vessel and the pestle has the pellet with the poison, and then because they broke the palace from the chalice. The chalice from the palace. Oh, that's right. They broke it. And then Griswold finds out and he's mumbling too. <laughs> oh, and that's the best bit. The, the, where they're, they're both trying to remember which is from which. So, they're both saying it to each other. So, as they're walking towards each other, they're just repeating it. And they're not paying attention to anything that's going on. So, they're basically standing in front of each other trying to remember. <laughs> yeah. And I just I just laughed out loud at that point. That was great. And he was and magnetized for some weird Yeah, reason. so his, his armor gets hit by lightning. So... So um, Hawkins' armor is magnetized and there's just some great bits in that where he's trying to remember 
and his, ha- and his Griswold's helmet's like sticking onto him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he just keeps leaning towards him. Oh my gosh! And uh, <laughs> <laughs> nah, it, that that was really great. That and um, so they do fight, and um, Hawkins Cowdis plays off, and the guy falls off uh, his horse, uh, and because he's a knight in armor, he basically can't get up. Yeah. So Hawkins just goes down and. And says, I spare thee. There was a good line before that where they were introducing, like, the conflict. And he goes, good stock, good battle, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I used to use that line in primary school. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, that's pretty good. <laughs> There's a lot of good lines in this if you can catch them. Because there is a lot of stuff being said. There's stuff, uh... And in the end, midgets save him. Yep. Sort that, of like sorry, Ewoks. Sorry, who saves them? Oh, um, little people. Little I said. <laughs> I'm not even sure if that's right, man. Okay. I'm actually not sure it's... I apologize in advance <laughs> for a few seconds. I think it's... Cool. I don't know. Dwarfs doesn't sound right. I, apo- I apologize too for, for having no idea. Yeah. But um, sort of like Ewoks. They saved the day. Yeah. Well, I'm... I'm <laughs> you're, really doing, <laughs> you're really doing well for your case. Well, I'm a big fan um, of Return of the Jedi, so I like the Ewoks. Yeah, yeah true. Well... Basically, what happens is the tunnel that they're supposed to be attacking through collapses and only small people can get through. So, they get midgets to dwarves to um, go through and uh, they attack the palace. And basically, it's Hawkins and dwarves and they just wipe out the king's <laughs> soldiers. And it's all very comical. Even, like... It is comical. But they create a, they basically create a, um, a lean manufacturing chain there's like a, a little conveyor going up the stairs. Yeah, where they're basically just chucking up soldiers who've been knocked out and then horribly killing them by catapulting them over the walls into the water to drown. And it's the worst ragdoll. You can tell it's just a dummy being uh, tossed in the water. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So they're fighting and then Griswold and Hawkins are forced into um, a duel while the battle's going on. And it was quite a well... Um, choreographed fight scene i thought and hawkins doesn't know how to fence basically so he's really defensive and is just waving his sword around just floundering yeah he's floundering around along and uh and griswelder comes to the comes to the save the day again and hypnotizes him and convinces him he's the best sword fighter there is so suddenly he is and that's where my brother would use the la 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 line <laughs> <laughs> he would just take that personification to be himself it was really yeah and it was very well choreographed and and then what happens is if if someone snaps their fingers he goes out of the hypnotized state so as soon as that happens he starts screaming and running around and and yeah it's well he's snapping his own fingers he's going yeah, that's right. to finish he's... you like this <laughs> <laughs> snaps out of it what did you think of danny k you've never seen him before no really. i have seen him before i oh, yeah. um, no, he was good. Uh, like I wouldn't say that he hit hit the mark every time, but I would say that he he certainly had um, a nice charm about him. I think I don't find him pretentious in any way. No, I thought he was quite humble. He, sort of. he played it all for the humor of it. It was very yeah. self deprecating in some in in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but it was it was a vehicle for him. I think. Oh yeah. Well, he went on to make the Danny K show and things like oh, that. Oh, really? He, yeah. I looked him up. He did a lot of stuff. Yeah, I haven't even broken like a segment of that. There's only Hans Christian Andersen, maybe one more. Oh, no, I'm not talking about movies. I'm talking about um, he had a career in music, obviously. 
But he also did, um, what do you call it, when you give to the needy? Oh, uh, charity work. Charity work. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah. It sounds it sound like a good dude. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, there's always controversy around every character as well. So. Yeah. Um, but he seemed like a pretty decent dude. Okay, that's good. Because, like, a lot of it rides on whether you like him or not, I think. Yeah. Because, really, it's just him showing off, like, his characters and singing and his slapstick ability. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I, I remember who the guy was that got killed. My favorite character in the film. His name was Fergus. <laughs> yeah. Such a cool name, too. Poor guy. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, poor Fergus. Yeah. That's what my wife called her plant. Oh, Vegas. Yeah. It didn't die? Um, her plant? I'm not sure. I think Oops. it may may have passed on. Oh, no. But it had children. Okay. That's good. Vegas lives on. I think they're all dead too. <laughs> uh, yeah, but... um. Yeah, for any Ferguses out there, not all hope is lost. Though <laughs> I'm sure that you know. Well, I mean, the cycle of life. <laughs> but it had a really big sort of choral ending, and I still tear up at that. You know, the real king is on the throne. Jean is my very own. Life couldn't better be. And princess and the princess and Griswold are actually arm in arm. Yeah, I saw that too at the end <laughs> because she keeps yeah. she keeps acting like she despises him. Well, he was really well spoken. Yeah, I thought, you know, he's guy. not actually that bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was quite noble. He went back to the fight to protect the real king. Yeah, and he also um went yeah, once the once um they flashed the king again, you know, he was on his knees as well. That yeah. sounds really awful. I'm just going <laughs> that's disturbing thing to say. And his only crime was for loving well. Yeah, apparently. that's right. <laughs> loving Angela Lansbury. <laughs> Jessica Fletcher. Yeah, Jessica Fletcher. I used to watch that too. I, I, I um, it had the flashbacks. I loved the flashbacks <laughs> in that, where you know you'd actually see the murder once yeah. you figured it out. But uh, this sort of it thrusted me into the fantasy genre, medieval, gummy bears, Dungeons and Dragons, and cartoon. <laughs> it was all about fantasy for me, more than sci-fi. I think. Um, Gummy bears. And so this, it really shaped my humor as well, I think. I'm always into this sort of cheesy <laughs> humor. It is cheesy, but it, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it too. I think it's the humor is, it's almost, I don't know, this is probably going to sound really cloying, but it's sort of like honest humor. You know, it, it's laughs for laughs' sake, recognizing that it's not clean. It's not um, pompous. Yeah. You know? And it's not like skating or anything no. it's not it's not negative down. no yeah so i guess that's the thing like there's something to that it's almost optimistic humor in a way yeah. and i always remember the colors and the costumes and it's just a fun bit of escapism really it is i, I think this would be something i'd show to my kids oh it's good to hear <laughs> i mean uh, that you would show it to someone like it's a recommendation <laughs> from me you would never would have seen it right and even um alicia who has on other movies sort of watched from the sidelines. It was quite late when I watched this and she wanted to go to bed, but she did poke her head up once or twice. Oh, that's nice. Just, uh, you know, she found it a bit difficult to just go to go to bed because she, she was enjoying it oh, as well. that's good. That's nice. 
I always remember my dad's big laughs at these. He loved his comedies, so. But I guess that's it. That's it. Next week, we've got your film, which I'm looking forward to now. <laughs> I've come full circle, and I'm really looking forward to it. Message from Space. Message from Space. Yeah. I'm pretty excited to watch this again and to have you watch it. Yeah. Look, it it's not going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> Comes with a warning. <laughs> But it, it's one of those films that was on the top of the list of videotapes that I watched endlessly. Yeah, it should be good. Thanks so much for watching this one. Thank, thanks to everyone for watching this. Thanks, Peter. And for me listening to the film. Bye. Have we stopped? Um, no, we haven't Search stopped. catchphrase uh, here. Yeah, I think we really do need a hilarious catchphrase because <laughs> now I feel like I've brought down the mood. Um <laughs> Tights, tights, more tights, not enough tights for any old night. Good night. I'm stopping for real. <laughs> <laughs>